0: Hello everybody, Cage Fighting's Question Cast back again, we're here to A those cues. Andy Gillard here, hope you've got over the thriller thriller minute that was last week's face off and next double combo
1: Hi it's uh, Matt Guy here, how are we all doing this evening?
0: Yeah and no, I've calmed down a bit since last week <laughs> <laughs> So no more rants about next than this week's show No let's just banish it to history and never talk about it again yeah, I mean, I was looking at some of the films we've got coming up, and it's going to go. It's going to take a long way to get worse than next for me. I think got to be some Absolutely. absolute dreck to, to beat that into the uh, the wooden spoon place. Yeah, so we've got a little bit of film news this week, gents. Um, so Tenet, the Christopher Nolan film, has been indefinitely postponed. I know it was postponed back to June, and then July, and then start of august and then they've just decided to completely put it on hold for now from what i've heard i think it's was it like a 800 million dollar budget so they want to make sure that they can get everyone into the cinema before they release it makes perfect sense but it's a massive chris nolan mark matt what film should i be watching so i can put the blues away
1: Mm, well i've been thinking long and hard about this now because you're so sad i think you need to divert your brain to be pondering the questions that Inception brings and all of the um, and all of the uh, trials and tribulations that that's going to play on your mind but I do think that Interstellar is criminally underrated. Um, I really really enjoyed Interstellar and you look back at all the films that Christopher Nolan's done so far and Stu I know that you're massively massively into Christopher Nolan Um, and even if you want to just kind of kick back and relax with like the dark knight trilogy obviously it's not easy watching as in family friendly that you're going to get your 5 year old to watch but it's not quite as thought provoking as inception but for the reasons that you you know you want to get over your disappointment i think inception is the one for you mate today
0: yeah i don't think i've seen inception since it was at the cinema
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's almost one of those films where i think it was so it was so perfect that first time mhm I'm not sure if I want to go back and revisit it. It was such it's, a great yeah.
1: experience. It's funny you say that. Now I link, I link a kind of theory to or, or or an effect that I call the Lucky Slevin effect, because once you've seen Lucky Slevin once, uh, Lucky Number Seven, sorry, you're never gonna you're never gonna watch it again really and have the same impact. And I think that might be the same with Inception. Um, it's been a long, long time since I've seen it, so it would probably be. But yeah, I think to get your mind off your disappointment, that's the way to go, mate. That's a
0: great suggestion, thank you. Uh, The other little bit of news we've had is that it appears that Fox are finally going ahead and they're going to give us new mutants. I mean, it's only, what, 18 months, two years since it was supposed to be out originally. Uh, So, yeah, that's coming 28th of August. Obviously, they've not been happy with this film for some time. Now, we're obviously in this, this pandemic world. Are they sending this film out to just sort of die quietly without any, uh, without any eye seeing it? What do you think, Stu?
2: I think they should have just burnt it with fire years ago. <laughs> um, <laughs> since it's, I'm presuming that this is now the last one under Fox ownership with the uh, Marvel so. Disney buyout. So, and how utterly awful Dark Phoenix was. This was like the. Oh, is this going to be the going out with a bang? And it, it, yeah. Rarely for me, I actually did watch the trailer for it, whenever that was, mm. <laughs> and it, it looked all right. But that's again, that's all it looked. It looked all right. So I think you're probably right there. They are just just chucking it out and just get it over and done with, and then just integrate it into the MCU in a few
0: years' time when everyone's forgot
2: it all exists.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it's a PG thirteen horror film. Yeah, with the best will in the world, it's not going to be brilliant. I'm kind of interested in the same way that I like watching The Room. That I know it's going to be a clusterfuck, but I will watch it regardless. Uh, so, obviously, we've put a call out for some uh, for some Twitter questions. And, Matt, I think we've got had one in. Is that right?
1: Yeah, this is the one that I want to talk about, them really, because there's a lot to play with, really, with the questions. So, David Evans, friend of the show, has asked us, uh, after we've had a brief flirtation of Tarantino looking to direct a Star Trek film, what director slash movie crossovers would you like to see? So, Stu, what would you like to see? What kind of director slash franchise or movie crossover would you want to see?
2: I thought about this quite a lot this afternoon. And um, going on to a bit of last week with, um, he was mentioned then, John Woo directing a Fast and Furious film.
1: Mm.
0: I like that.
2: Uh, It's just think of the... the, uh, the iconic John Woo tropes that we talked about last week, and with the the already nonsense world of Fast and Furious, you got it's guaranteed winner. It has to be. I don't know why it's not yeah. happened already.
0: That would be a perfect mesh. Yeah, it would. It 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 would fit like a glove. Hmm. I like that. My answer. All right, my honourable mention because I have to do an honourable mention. I want to see Edgar Wright doing a Marvel film, and they took that away from us. <laughs> and I'll be honest, I've never quite got over that. There's, but there's there's parts of it in that film,
2: Ant Man talking about it. Yeah, um, there's still parts of it in there. There's a kind of like you can see you can see the the threads that was his.
0: Mm. But I I know what just, you mean. Yeah. I mean, at least we got his one comic book adaptation, which was Scott Pilgrim, which is a film I absolutely adore. Uh, but I think my answer to the question, I'd, I'd love to see somebody like David Lynch, somebody who does, you know, the out there mind bending stuff. I'd like to see him try and do something just like maybe um, a film noir, like a classic film noir, something Back like the Edward G. Robinson style of Scarface way, way back when. Try and see him do something that's fairly straight-laced just to see how he could operate because he's the kind of guy who he doesn't... You obviously can't put him in a box because his films, they go off on tangents and they go here, there and everywhere. I'd I'd quite like to see what he could do if he had some constraints on him, see where he could take it. And I love a film noir. I, I like that dark, gritty the duplicitous woman, the, the crime caper that goes on behind it. I'd, I'd love to see something like that. It'd never happen. And I can, I can see why, because David Lynch wouldn't want to be constrained by a studio. But those old studio system films, to see a maverick like him working within that would just be wonderful.
1: Mm. Mm, amazing. It's one to think about, isn't it, that? The, yeah. the different combinations that you can have of all sorts of different worlds that meet different styles in in terms of direction and Um, I was thinking about it for myself and I'd I'd read an article not that long ago about how um, Stanley Kubrick was amazed by um, Ridley Scott's alien Mm. um, and how it was all put together and I'd really like to see a Kubrick alien believe it or not because I'd want it like for for reasons I mentioned on the last pod about The Shining and how it does so much with so little to build up tension and to build up drama. Um, i'd love to see how Kubrick got his hands on an alien film i know that sci-fi in that respect isn't probably what you associate really with Kubrick. but i think he, the suspense that would be built which is why i much much prefer alien to aliens which i think mm. a lot of people think it lot like, prefer it the other way around um alien being a sci-fi film to me aliens being an action film um yeah yeah that's fair and i'd really like to see him get his as cuba get his hands on a, on an alien film and um and push the boundaries in terms of suspense and, and actual horror as opposed to guns with a really shitty sound effect on the alien
0: aliens <laughs> i'd quite like to see someone as well like i'm a big fan of ariasta he's, he's two pieces of art that he's put out and that's what they are they are pieces of art I'd love to see him just do something batshit crazy an action film a face-off type action film where he he can just go as crazy as he wants and just to see how someone with his twisted view on the world how he could work within that that'd be incredible Uh, so i had a quick question i was talking to a friend not long ago and apparently we're recording on what would have been robin williams his 69th birthday Oh. So, my question, or the question that I was talking to my friend, what would be the first film that jumps into your head when you mention Robin
1: Williams? Matt? <sighs> Got to be Mrs. Doubtfire for me. Mate. And I think... Yeah. And the re- the, the, the reason it jumps into my head, because ITV2 must have that film on repeat every week. You see it all the time. <laughs> but I recently watched um, Jumanji again. Um, and yeah. just, like, that film... While CGI-wise has aged, that film has not aged in terms of entertainment, one bit for me. Absolutely loved it. Mm. Um, one thing that uh, E4 did, which was quite entertaining, they put a different spin on Mrs. Doubtfire in a trailer and made it out to be kind of a psychotic stalker. Like they, they mix the trailer around to make mm. it out like Mrs. Doubtfire was actually a stalker of the children, uh, and that Pierce Brosnan was actually the hero. Um, so go <laughs> out of your way to try and find that, because it's really, really funny. Um, but yeah, Mrs. Doubtfire for me will be the one that, that jumps out um, like a sore thumb.
0: It's very much a classic of our generation, that one. Yeah, yeah. What
1: do you think, Stu?
0: Where, where do your minds uh, go to? Exactly the same place. I think it's um, a consequence
2: of being the similar age mm. that it's, there's a few. There's, there's Mrs. for you manager like you said, Matt said, and the other one's Hook for me. Oh, I, oh, I
1: can't forget Hook.
2: Yeah, Hook was, um, again, a, a staple of childhood. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to bend the rules a bit because I did watch him in Mork and Mindy first because I, it was sort of on yeah. daytime TV all the time. And obviously I spent a lot of time with my um, granddad and, and nan growing up when mum was at work. So they always had that on. Mm. And I love, I love that show, um, but yeah, Hook, Hook and Mrs. Doubtfire for me. It's just, he's just a genius. He was just a genius, wasn't he? And it was just yeah. unfortunate that he's, he's, well, as with all geniuses, they all have demons, and his were too bad mm. to bear. But I can't think of anything bad that he was in, really. I sort of, I can't even remember the name. There, there was a film, a Christmas, his last film that he made. It was a Christmas film. Um, it was a couple of years ago. And I, I watched that because it was a Christmas film and not knowing he was in it. And then he, he appeared in the titles. And I was really, I kind of like welled up because he was, he was back.
0: Yeah,
2: it was him. And then I knew nothing about it. But even in that, his last role, he was great. He's just, a Merry Christmas miracle.
1: Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. There's so he, much about Robin Williams that like, you, we forget. Like, his stand-up as well oh, He's really, so really good. entertaining. And um, I, I haven't seen any others that were of similar but did you ever see one hour photo yes the um i mean it's not it's not it's not amazing but it, it was it film. was strange to see him in a, in a in a new role completely and you talk about tension at the end of that film that's tension as well it's a very edge of your seat um film it's just it is you you couldn't have put it better mate when you talk about kind of geniuses having their issues and um real shame to be fair Glad you brought him up, Andy. What would what would what jumps out to you?
0: Well, one hour photo was going to be the one I did because I don't think he gets the uh, the respect that's due for his uh, dramatic acting. I think there's something about when you see people who are mostly associated with comedies when you see them turn into a straight role, mm. they can either sink or swim. And I always felt he swam uh, that, and obviously, Goodwill Hunting. Good Will, yeah. I mean, that film it, it breaks me every single time, and knowing that the line about his wife farting when she was asleep, knowing that that was ad-libbed and that their reactions were genuine. Makes me love that scene all mm. the more. So those are the two that sprang to my mind, just because everyone knows him as a comedic actor and he's great at it. But there's a lot more to him as well. He was uh, he was a bit of an all-rounder,
1: I think. You know I've seen in ages? Do you remember Jack? The one where
0: he plays, yes. yeah.
1: God, oh, that was a lovely outrageous. film, that was. Yeah. yeah. Was. And uh, Patch
0: Adams, that was another one mm. I remember uh, being a big fan of.
2: And Aladdin, of course, as well.
0: Of course. Oh. He was <laughs> the uh, the main man himself, the genie. Which was pretty much all Adley. That's an incredible feat, really. I mean, both from the performer and from the artists doing the work as well. That's, yeah, that, that's incredible, that is, when you think about it. So I read, I read something about that.
2: Uh, about a month or so ago when I watched it again um and they said that they just put him in a booth and just let him go and Mm. then they animated they animated around what he'd done rather than the other way around amazing I mean this was before motion capture so it was all hand drawn that's why it
0: it kind of looks like him in a weird way Mm. it it really is Mm. that's fantastic I need to watch that film again I've only ever seen. I think I've seen it in like across two or three sittings. I don't think I've ever sat through and done it all in one go, not that I can remember anyway. Disney Plus. Yeah, on. there's there's no excuse now. Is that everything's available <laughs> everywhere? <laughs> right. So on to the uh, the normal portion of the uh, the question cast. Question one. You know what it is. What have you been watching this week, Stu?
2: So. I mentioned this last week about this um, this program on this. Well, it's a, a kind of anthology series on Netflix called The Sinner, with <laughs> um, Jessica Biel and uh, Bill Pullman, and that's the fir- that's in the first series. Um, second series is Bill Pullman and someone else because he's a detective, so it's like a, a case of each person who's been wrongly, um, well, you think wrongly accused of a murder of some kind. Um, which seems obvious at first, and then but then he you, you, you delves deeper into it, and it, there's just kind of twists, and it gets into really dark places at times. I think it's only like eight to eight to ten episodes per season. It's not very long, mm. but it's just really, really good. It's really, really well made. And the um, there's three, I think there's three seasons of it now, and I I'm gonna watch that next. Um, but the second season's got the you remember the guy who was um, did the American guy who did Orange Wednesdays. <laughs> Um, yes. Yeah, he's in it yeah. a, re- a really creepy kind of like sect, like <laughs> the head of a sect in the middle mm. of the woods. Which you you think of him doing on Orange Wednesdays, and it's a complete opposite role to him. But yeah, it's re- it's a really serious, really really excellent writing. It's just a again a hidden Netflix gem. It says Netflix original, but that could mean anything. It could be yeah. from something else. Um, apart from that, I watched um, The Witch at last. Which is just, I mean, I, I wanted knowing about its knowing its reputation and and our love of um, Arias that you mentioned already, mm. and it's just you can't even say a single thing about it without ruining it. It's just one of them. Like I said, it's a piece of art, and yeah. it joins it joins that class of being a piece of art. It really does. But,
0: yeah. yeah. so A quick question on Sinat. It sounds similar to True Detective. Would yeah, that I was be just accurate? Yeah. not say that. Yeah. It's,
2: similar kind of vibe not as good as the first season of true detective of mm. course um the second one could get in the next bin <laughs> um <laughs> season, season three's okay season three's all right true detective i, I quite enjoyed that one mm. um but it's that similar kind of vibe yeah
0: okay cool but yeah the the wish has been on my list for a while and it's after you mentioned it to me earlier in the week i have bumped it up i just haven't had a chance to uh, to squeeze it in yet my uh, my viewings this week i've been watching some trash tv I found a show called deep fried masters <laughs> and it's the most redneck show i've ever seen so there's basically three judges and about 10 contestants at the start and they all have to deep fry some food and they'll do like they'll deep fry cakes or pies or just anything you can imagine. The one guy deep fried some Twinkie bars and tried to do some candy floss with it. Obviously, it went to shit because he was deep frying it for crying out loud. But yeah, it, it's redneck, great British bake-off. It, it's great fun. And the other thing I watched this week was a film called Palm Springs, which has just been released. And it's Andy Samberg and Christina Milliotti, who was in uh, – she was the mother from How I Met Your Mother – And she's also in one of the uh, Black Mirror episodes. And it's basically, it's like Groundhog Day, but they're stuck at this wedding in the middle of the desert and all hilarity ensues. And it's, it's comedy with a heart, which is my kind of thing, generally. Really funny. I actually laughed out loud, which I don't normally do. But it's got J.K. Simmons in as well. And there's just something about J.K. Simmons trying to do comedy. Because he's such a gruff, mean bastard. <laughs> when he says something funny, it just makes it—it it just really tickles my funny bone every time. So I'd thoroughly recommend that movie. Matt, what have you been up to this
1: uh, last week? Well, I've got a recommendation for you, mate, on the basis of your trash TV. As uh, a—it's it's, although I see his videos on Facebook. What I assume is on YouTube is a Scottish guy um, called Dazza who does uh, a, a series called "Does It Fry." and basically he'll he'll put things into a fryer at home and basically rate them and you think what is this load of shit but as you start watching it man it's it's like it's proper it's proper funny viewing so i think the latest one was a 6 inch subway wrapped in a domino's pizza does it fry and then he'll <laughs> <laughs> then eat it, it and we get to watch him we get to watch him suffer through it so um yeah it's right. definitely worth uh, worth a watch and that's just um, on youtube um, it yeah 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 it will be yeah um it's, it's good it's a good laugh it says what i've been watching a couple of things really I've, I've only very i've only watched two episodes of it so if you guys haven't seen it um maybe you can give it a watch and and give me your thoughts as well cursed on netflix um it's a um you know uh wizardry which is uh, medieval feel um kind of run-of-the-mill kind of program, really. Um, what drew me to it is Frank Miller's the executive producer. Okay. Um, and I'm yet to see that in it yet. It's not yet as dark as I want it to be. Mm. Um, it's a little paint by numbers at the minute, a little bit too safe. Um, but I'm going to keep going with it because um, it, it, it has that crossover feel that Game of Thrones and The Witcher has given the world. Everyone wants to see that at the moment. Um, mm. So I'm willing to get you know continue on with that. Whether it's going to be the what happened with the new Tales of Sabrina or whatever it was called, which I actually really enjoyed at the start, mm. and then proper trailed off with that. I'm not sure, but um, as a new program, that's what I'm, that's what I'm currently watching. And I will um, say that, just to
2: Jump in. It's got the worst teaser of all time on Netflix. When it's just her standing on a rock with some mm. CGI wolves, and then nothing said. It, it just kind of circles around and it ends. I thought, what's yeah. this
1: about? Exactly. <laughs> Exactly.
2: So yeah, shading it's a good thing because what going on that, no one in their right mind would even give it a chance.
1: Mm-hmm. Well the, the reason we, we started watching it in the first place because my wife it, it has um you know the film The Huntsman. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. the it has that feel about it, so it's something that you'd watch with your missus kind of thing, really, that's might be a bit but then when I saw it was um Frank Miller was the exec producer, I thought hmm, this actually might have a bit of substance, it might be a bit more gory and graphic than 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 originally led on we're not quite there yet but it'll get there it'll get there i think um i'm also what re-watched just as a kind of a pick-me-up film from kind of a tough week at work watched blackball if you've ever seen it um the film about the bad boy of british bowls yeah um really really, really really entertaining under the radar british sports film um very very quick i mean the cast is paul k vince Vaughan and james cromwell really are the, are the three main um three main cast stars in it a funny tale about the rise of um a kid off a council estate who infiltrates the world of of lawn bowls basically and turn and with vince Vaughan the the big brash american turns it into a media powerhouse and and turns it into a sexy game um it tries to play off kind of class wars and some of these things, but it generally it's just a funny, funny film. Um, Johnny Vegas is in it as well um, for even more comic relief. But I really like Paul Kay. I think he's um, very underrated as a, mm-hmm. as a comedic actor for, for, in British films. But if you haven't seen it, definitely go out of your way to watch it because um, it's a proper laugh. And I've sat on the wall where it was filmed in Torquay when I was very little as well. So that has a special place <laughs> in my heart as well. So yeah. that's what I've been watching this week.
0: I do sometimes find that British comedy can be very disappointing, shall we say? Mm-hmm. But Blackball definitely doesn't fall into that camp. I remember really enjoying that movie. Yeah. Even yeah. though it doesn't normally, it's not normally the type of thing that that gets me. But yeah. Dennis
1: Penny's Paul K. Fantastic. You look at you like you look at the cover of it, the cover art, and it belongs in a co-op uh, DVD bin at the end of an aisle. <laughs> it just has that look about it. Do you know what yeah. I mean? That you wouldn't like. Why would you pick this up? It will be a car boot sale. But honestly, give it the time of day. You'll you'll, you'll enjoy it. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, that's a film I haven't thought about in a long time. I'm quite glad you reminded me of that. I might watch it myself list. this week. Yeah. Just put it online. Yeah. <laughs> It's going to be all week. It's going to be that. And does it
1: fry? <laughs> <laughs> I, does it fry? I. Fantastic. So that moves me on to um my question, I guess. Um, So, lads, I want to know the biggest cinematic letdown. So something that you had um, really, really got excited over. Then when it came to seeing it, either at the cinema or at home or whatever, you're really bitterly disappointed. Uh, Andy, do you want to tell me about yours?
0: Okay, my honorable mention is going to be the Evil Dead reboot. Love the original trilogy. The trailer for the new, the reboot looked decent, and I just found the film absolute dog shit. So it's <laughs> terrible. And you have to wait so long before you even get Bruce Campbell. But that's another story. But this question I've been waiting for for so long, because it's my chance to talk about the Transformers films. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I'm a big fan of the original G1 animated series. Over there, I'm pointing behind me for uh, for the listeners, there is a Devastator toy with all the original parts where they all fit together. So when I found out that Devastator was coming into the second film, I was so excited to see that. And they just make him this absolute yeah. fucking joke yeah. where his balls are in um, John Turturro's face. Like, I was expecting this real, mean, horrible world killer. And it just ended up being a piss poor joke. <laughs> I was so excited. I remember the, the adverts, the trailers for it looked brilliant. It looked like it was going to be action packed. And, and I liked the first film. So I thought they're going to take that. They're going to run with it. They're going to expand it. And they just shit the bed with it big time. And like an idiot, for every single one that's been released, so the third one, the fourth one, I was still excited thinking this will be the return to form. <laughs> It'll be just like the first one. And it just wasn't. It was just shit. Every time. Like, I don't even bother going to the cinema to see them anymore because I know they're going to be terrible. Wow. There's my uh, next rant for you. <laughs> you didn't, like
1: it. didn't like it then, Andy, know? I did not. <laughs> sure, can we have the rebuttal? <laughs>
2: thing is when we, when we all saw that, um, I can't remember what car it was now, there, there was a, a an advert that for a, a car that was Transformers like, I, I can't remember what it was, years before the films even came out, I and mean, it was like a Transformers film could look like this, and I, I can't think what, off the top of my head what it was now, and when I went to, I mean that I, I was the same thing, I wasn't as, I was more buggymised from Mars than uh, Transformers, but <laughs> when I liked it good enough and with everything else he man and everything like this but i just thought well it's a film keep it separate from what it was before don't be disappointed i just accepted it for what it was i, I think goldie was the same in it with the messing with things and changing too much and all that stuff but all very valid points <laughs> especially if you <laughs> and i know if it, when the uncharted film comes out in a couple of years if that's <laughs> if it ever happens at all I know I'm going to be disappointed if I compare it to the games because it's a film, it's not a game. So just from that point of view, it's I just take it for what it is and it's mm. nonsense, but it's fun.
0: Even compared to the first film, though, it is such a step down in quality. Yeah. Like the first one, don't get me wrong, the first one's not Oscar-worthy, but it's good fun. And each one, it's, it's not even diminishing returns, it's so much more than that. There's just nothing... There's just nothing of interest uh, once you've got past the the first film, sadly.
2: No, I watched the um, the last night again, probably before lockdown, and watching it on the projector is too much because there's too much mm. ex- too much going on. It's like every every film gets bigger and bigger, and in that case, it's not for the best sometimes because it's too much on screen at once and it messes with your head. Mm. Um, but I know it's a bit of a parody talking about Transformers every single week, but <laughs> <laughs> at least films I'll just put on. If you just... If you look, in one of those movies where you don't know what to watch, just put Transformers on. It don't matter. <laughs> That's what they are. Fair enough. <laughs> but, but they don't make me mad.
1: No. What Except you what's your you?
2: too? After to watch The Force Awakens, and we was really looking forward to The Last Jedi. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> no, oh, going back on it, though and um watching it again it's not as bad as the first time when it was we were just utterly confused but yeah the one as soon as the question came up the first thing that sprung to mind was matrix reloaded because Mm. it was just down the line now we've got the full full three of them and they do make more sense but having it and we all knew it was a trilogy and it was gonna be a cliffhanger at the end but it was just so different to the original that it was just like what the fuck was that and mm. it was. It took a long time to kind of. It probably took till to watching the third one and then watching them again as the three to get over the fact that it was. It was an all right film, but for, in that initial cinema disappointment, that's
1: head and shoulders with everything else. He's reloaded the one that has the Zion sex party scene. Yeah. Or is that mm, it just just didn't need to be there? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's after,
2: in the in the first fifteen twenty minutes as
1: well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that just that stuck out like a sore thumb for me, that. Have you seen them now, Andy? No.
0: Still not. I've got no excuse. I'm in lockdown for crying out loud. and,
2: and You learned that box set for Christmas.
0: Yeah, I know. I just <laughs> I just haven't got the energy to, to look at it. You keep telling me how shit they are. and <laughs> <sighs> If they were 90-minute films, I'd just play through it, but knowing that they're like, what, two, two and a quarter hours, something like that just seems like a real effort.
1: Mm. When I was thinking about this um, question to answer, I um, one thing came to mind. Now I don't know if you remember a film um, at the start of the... What are we in now? The 10s? Are we in the 10s? Well, we were. we were, we're in were the in 20s the now. We're in the 20s now. We were in the 10s. Um, called Battle Los Angeles. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, let me paint the scene for you. Basically, it's... Um, one of the, it was such a good trailer. This track this exactly, whoever put the trailer together deserves every penny that they got paid for. Um, it, it had a really, really haunting music called The Sky's Gone Dim, which is on YouTube. I can't pronounce the guy who made it, uh, so I'm not going to attempt to insult him by doing it. <laughs> and he just looked like it was going to be a, an, an action-packed alien invasion film, which is right on my street, but have a little bit more substance to it, have a little bit more drama and be maybe a little darker And what it ended up being was just an incredibly run of the mill film where it just forces it, it forces all of the cliches upon you, like, you know, including like bringing in one of the members of the army where it's his last shift, (laughs) you know, it's his last, not even tour of duty, like it's his last day, that kind of like easy, you know, trying to get us to care about the different soldiers by giving them. A minute long, juxt, you know, like <sighs> character development, and it was just crap. Basically, it was shit, and I was really disappointed because it's panned a little bit. But War of the Worlds, I really enjoyed Tom, the Tom Cruise War of the Worlds because I just love that okay. alien invasion film. Signs, I love that film as well, even though it's a bit crap because it's about an alien invasion film. I just love that that world, and this had this was it was meant to be the one for me, and I feel very personal and bitter about it because yeah, it ended up being awful. <laughs> um yeah and uh, we'll, we'll we'll probably tag it in, in into the um into the audio of the show but the, the theme tune alone when you listen to it will make you think it's a different film to what the film actually is and that's what sometimes i feel really cheated when i see a trailer so for example the um the cray twins film um okay yeah it was tom hardy um i can't remember what it's called now it made it out to be like a real action film, as you'd expect from a film about the um, the craze. But it was much more of a love story than it was an action film. But the trailer mm. made it out to be that way, and and I felt cheapened by that as well in in a way. But um, yeah, Battle of Los Angeles um, is up there as a really big disappointment for me in terms of um, in terms of a film. Have you seen it, Stu?
2: Yeah, I had the same thing. I went to the cinema to
1: watch it based on the trailer. <laughs> I know we were duped. That's has got to be thirty quid there down the pan um, between the two of us on that.
2: Is there was I, another one, because there was, a, I can't remember what it was called. It's been. I know exactly
1: movie. what you. I know the film you're thinking about as well. It was like a,
2: It was really low budget, and it yeah. was. It, I think it had a, It's got a sequel now as well, and. Are we on about oh. the one where
1: at the end he becomes the alien.
2: No, that's um that's the uh, South African guy. No, 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 uh, not, not, not,
1: not, not District Nine. There's another one where like he becomes part of the part of the machine at the end, like the part of the. um yeah,
0: skyline, 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 might
1: skyline. skyline. Yeah, that's
0: yeah. The one. I love Skyline. It's proper trash, but it, I, I, it's a good fun, just no brainer watch.
2: Yeah, that's, what, that's I, what I thought it was going to be. I thought it, again, right. it, it's a bit like when we were with Man of Steel as well. Mm. <laughs> that looked, that looked incredible from the trailer, and then it was just all right.
0: No, I quite enjoyed Man of Steel. It was, it was, it,
2: yeah. it, it, it didn't stand up to his trailer though. That was
0: uh, true, because when thinking of trailers that massively let us down, uh, Suicide Squad. Mm. I remember really loving that trailer. That haunting. Um, I told a joke. Was it the song? And it just, it looked like it was going to be something special, and it, it was just a wet fart of a film. <laughs> just terrible. Yeah, so that's, to be honest, there's probably yeah, more than I care to remember that have done this. Right, so the next question, that would be yourself, Stu.
2: Um, well, mine, for, for weirdness, is um, I'll say cross media in the description, but it's probably best. What film? What's the best film that came from a TV show or a TV show that came from a film? We'll go to you, back it to you, Andy. Go on.
0: Okay. So. My Honorable Mention for the second time is going to be The Evil Dead. Yeah. So that original trilogy is fantastic. And Ash versus The Evil Dead, the TV series that spun out of it, was it, what, 15 years later, I think it was, is really good fun. It's managed to keep the same tone as the films. It's If you're a fan of The Evil Dead films, you will love the TV series. Thoroughly recommend it. And it's got a, a proper end to the story as well. So it's it's what you want. But the one I was going to go for the best one would be the Muppets. Mm. Because this is something that it started way, way back in the 1950s. I know that their TV series started in the 70s, but we've had several iterations of a TV series. We've had numerous films. It's managed to keep up with the zeitgeist that last one with jason seagull writing it was fantastic it's one of the best family films i've ever seen it's incredible and there are very few films that have spanned that length of time that can still feel relevant now and i think the muppets is just one that's managed to transcend its age i think it's a really good um series i suppose for want of a better word because yeah it just encompasses everything you want matt what about yourself
1: yeah, and Honourable Mention-wise, um, only because it's basically a long version of the TV show, but I, I, I wanted to bring um, bring up the Inbetweeners and the Inbetweeners movie. And I, I, the reason I bring it up, is, and I use an Honourable Mention and, and as a quick point, is because I really hope that in 10, 20, 30 years' time, the Inbetweeners gets the, um, not respect, because I don't think it wants to be respected, but gets the appreciation as one of the most important comedic, films of a genera uh, sorry tv show of a generation um you know i'm not saying it's an only falls and horses or it's a porridge or it's you know anything like that but for a for a period of time you know in between is encapsulated comedy british comedy and it was a it was so much better than what was going on in terms of like american pie and not another teen movie and all that kind of stuff and maybe it's just because it's in a british primary school uh, primary school secondary school um but I just really hope that, that time, is, um, time is good to the in-betweeners and doesn't look at, you know, some of either the sexist or, or casually racist things that are in it and actually looks at it as um, being really important in terms of how, how it defined the generation, it defined language, you know, mm-hmm. that people use and stuff now. And, um, yeah, I just hope, I hope time is kind to it. One thing from a more serious point of view, um, the TV adaptation of the 1973 film Westworld, um, and the hbo westworld that we've got now um purely down as it's got cagecast favorite uh, cage fighting ed harris uh, involved mm-hmm. um who is excellent in it and you know it it explores the question of humanity not only within humans but within you know androids and what it what is sentient and it's it's just a really slick well put together show i think the film i love you man talks about how HBO shows are just that good, and you it, know it, it's a joke, but it's actually true mm. because Westworld is so slick and so good, and 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 it's really really worth your time if you if you enjoy kind of dystopia and and sci-fi and a little bit of you know drama and and everything that goes with it. It's um it's a really excellent watch.
0: Mm. The only reason that didn't make my list is because I've, I've not seen the film, but that yeah. TV series is just. Well, it's as good as Game of Thrones. It's that level of production. It's just it's, phenomenal.
1: It's top shelf, absolutely. Um, in terms of um, in terms of a TV show, it's up there in the godlike tier.
0: Mm, definitely.
1: Yeah, I had I went. I had one for me going it either
2: way, um, but honourable mention, of course, to uh, Bean, the disaster movie.
1: <laughs> um, oh yes,
2: as um, a film adaptation of a TV show in the mm. same universe for you didn't really didn't need to see the series whatsoever to watch, enjoy that film and it's it's utter greatness um but now that from film to tv when we file go
1: mm.
2: which Very um, good. it's all i think all 3 seasons are on netflix at the minute um so if you ain't with uh again a cast that wouldn't look out of place in an a list film to be fair yeah mm. um yeah, that's very, very good. But the, the obvious the one I thought about straight away when I thought of the, the question was um you're turning a, a kind of schlocky sixties, seventies T V show into a blockbuster film franchise. Mission Impossible.
0: Yeah. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, yeah. It did when you, you look at what happened with Man of Uncle, which was similar kind of era, which I loved Man of Uncle, the series. Mm-hmm. And the, the film was okay, but it was never anywhere near a Mission Impossible level. I just thought, well, they've used source material there and ran with it to a massive degree and it just carries on and on and on. It it, doesn't matter how old Tom Cruise gets, he still gets something, (laughs) does his own stunts and just does his own thing. And you could argue that every single one of them is better than the last, a bit like Fast and Furious.
0: Yeah, they are, aren't they? There's very few, because that first Mission Impossible was okay. And if if you stopped there, you would be missing out on so many great films. That last one was brilliant. Really enjoyed it and um, Henry Cavill I thought was superb in that film.
1: I'm glad yeah. you said that because I haven't given Mission Impossible the time of day, if it's I'm honest. It's really
2: good. It's, uh, we watch, well, I tried to get Annabelle to watch it as well and we, we watched the first and she really didn't like it because the first one's more like an espionage spy film and that's mm. that's what it is. And it only takes the, uh, again, sticking to the theme of John Woo <laughs> to... Mm. Uh, to come and uh, spunk up the second one, and um, it's mean that's the second one with Do Gray Scott as well in possibly his best role up until there. Uh, Batwoman, that woman. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, it's just that they are just really really good films and their own right. I mean, if, if you like the the Bourne films for that their kind of genre, Mission Impossible is the same tier in theirs. Mm. It's really excellent.
0: Yeah. I think Bourne is a decent comparison. It's it's like if Fast and Furious films were in the Bourne universe. Mm, so it's got that that big balls-to-the-wall kind of thing with it. Really good. I think you'd like them, Matt, I really do. And it's oh, one wow. of those where it just gets better and better.
1: I'm, I'm guessing the Simon Pegg effect has uh, an influence, Andy. And...
0: Uh, yeah, definitely.
1: <laughs> it's almost not... like...
0: Oh, carry on, Stu. No, i so say he, he's...
2: He's a bit, of, he's a bit of a bit par player a to start with, and then he kind of gets integrated into mm. the team. It's more, it's more than Rames, if anything else. He's really good in them. Yeah, him? he
0: is. Yeah, it's but I, think I think Simon Pegg. I think in the later ones, he does help with some of the script writing, so you do get that that sense of Simon Pegg in them, which yeah, obviously as you know, I'm a massive fan. So yeah, they're they're very much Merida. Very much up my boulevard. Wow.
1: <laughs> yeah, is it for you to say? Yeah, and awesome.
2: uh, <laughs> Limp Biscuit soundtrack as well. I'm sold. You, you, of
1: why, don't you, why don't you kick off with that, Stewie? I would have I got it immediately.
2: I actually I actually bought the soundtrack CD for the uh, second one, the whole album. Of
1: course, it's take a look around, isn't it? The yeah, song, yeah. take a look around. Oh my god, Mission Impossible Two, isn't it? I think. Yeah. Also, Metallica, I Disappear is on Mission Impossible Two as well. The song that they made for. Um, for for that film as well, for that soundtrack, I should say. So maybe maybe its roots lie a little more in rock and heavy metal than I thought.
2: And um, Sandy Newton from Westworld is in
1: Mission Impossible Two as well. Oh we go. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's my that's well. I said I was going to watch Hamilton, and I haven't got around to that yet, either. But <laughs> uh, so, don't want to start you off, Joe. Sorry, mate. I've watched it four times, though. Yeah, I'm on my
0: fourth. Yeah. Good grief. It's just so endlessly watchable, and then the same track goes on as soon as I get in the car as well.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's, I've, ne- I've
2: never ever watched a I know this has gone to, to Hamilton Talk again, but no film has ever. It's not, no piece of whatever this is has never grabbed me like this ever in, with anything. I'd only watch it and then listen to a few songs later on, but I'm almost like, addicted to it. I need to stop. <laughs>
1: I I know it's probably a good question for another question, Cast, so maybe maybe we'll use it, but I've never really grabbed a soundtrack from a film and then and then jumped on it and been that into it except for the Rocky films and all the <laughs> some of the some of the tracks that came off that some of like the real eighties power ballad song, Hearts on Fire, that kind of yeah wheelhouse, which um that's no, a banger, it, that is, to be fair. It ticks all the... If, if that's coming on on a Christmas day, or, or, or uh, if I'm in Reflex or Pop World, you better believe I'm strutting my stuff to mm. the dance floor for that. 100%. I think mine,
0: the one I, I bought, um, even though I hadn't seen the film until we recently reviewed it on our other podcast when we did the film cast episode of Goal. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So on that soundtrack, there's, like, Kasabian and Oasis, and it's very much my kind of music. So that's the only one I ever jumped on, and I'd, like I say, I'd never even seen the film until a couple of months ago. I
2: think that the only film, the film soundtrack, apart from Mission Impossible, I was thinking about this now. There was one, and then I thought, no, there's actually two. There's mm-hmm. the one, the uh, soundtrack to the Full Monty. Mm. Yeah, she's well, it's a bit of everything, eh? Um, and I think still featuring Gary Glitter as well, controversially. Um, <laughs> but the. Uh, <laughs> The other one was Kevin and Perry Go Large. Oh, yes. let's hell. The centrat the to that is, as a, a, a kind of time capsule of the
0: time, that's exactly what that is. Mm. I watched that film not that long ago, like a couple of months back, and it's not like it's a good film by any stretch of the imagination, but it does very much transport you back to that late 90s sort of feel. It might not work for everybody, but I I properly enjoyed it.
2: Yeah, I don't think anyone anyone in their 20s now would even get that whatsoever.
0: No. No, I don't think it would work. But I love Kathy Burke. She's Mm. one of the actors I will watch in anything. I just think she's fantastic.
1: It's it's funny. I was at the loft the other day, and um, the one soundtrack that I do own that I've got a physical copy of, I've only, believe it or not, I've only ever been to one convention in my entire life like a comic-con
0: right
1: and this was like at Ordersley stadium when phantom menace was out so this is how okay. long ago we're talking and i've got the phantom menace soundtrack signed by larry ward who played greedo <laughs> <laughs> what who has that i don't know like so that's that's up in the loft at the moment um i don't think i'll be retiring on the proceeds of that sale um, any probably not no. but uh, if, if there's anybody out there listening that you know is really into um their soundtracks signed by bit part star wars uh, characters then you know hook me up i'm sure we can cut a deal
0: that's fair enough uh, so, yeah so fellas my question uh, after last week when we discovered the existence of the beige volvo trilogy i was wondering what is the greatest trilogy of all time Matt, would you like to uh, start the ball rolling on that one?
1: Okay. Well, I don't want to steal Stu's thunder here or anything, so I mm-hmm. fairly might have picked this. So I've gone a little different. And instead of greatest as in um, kind of critically acclaimed, one trilogy that I really enjoy is actually the Lecter trilogy, as in Hannibal Lecter. Silence of the Lambs, Hannibal and Red Dragon. Hannibal was a bit of a disappointment on, on the really creepy and... Um, Tension, suspenseful, silence of the lands. But Red Dragon um, was a real return to form, the prequel to, to, to all of this going on. Um, I just really like Anthony Hopkins. He's an actor that I really haven't invested enough time into. Um, I don't, I haven't seen a lot of his work, but in those films, he just creates such an entertaining villain, or you could even describe him as an anti-hero because you you enjoy watching him be this sadistic cannibal um and i think the films are just put together really really nicely and based on actually a question that we'd, we'd, we've already discovered turned into a really excellent program as well um mm. which um, is, a, is worth a lot of people's time so for purely entertainment's purpose um i'm going with the Lecter trilogy because their um horror is that da- horror sci-fi anything dark and morbid is is my wheelhouse so um <laughs> that's what i'm going thought. obviously there are bigger and uh, there are bigger more or critically acclaimed trilogies but for something that really ticks all the boxes for me it's really up there
0: yeah and there's also another uh westworld actor in there isn't that so
1: it, yeah, of
2: course
1: yeah 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 exactly
2: have you ever seen um the original red dragon Manhunter.
1: No, no, I no, I know, I know, it exists, but I know I haven't seen it, so I can't compare it. But I understand. I think they're they're worldly different from what I read. Yeah,
2: um, I I prefer Manhunter to be fair. Mm. Um, obviously it's not a different actor as well, and it's a, it is like you say, a completely different vibe from a different time. Yeah, yeah. But um, if if you can find it, and it's going to be very obscure to get hold of, um, if you find it on DVD somewhere, then I'll definitely give it a chance.
1: Yeah, I will do, because I want to compare the two, to be fair.
0: So what about yourself, Stu? What's your uh, your go-to trilogy?
2: Well, I'm amazed that Matt didn't um, go for it, really, because obviously Blade is the answer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that is not what I was expecting to come from you. <laughs> no, it wasn't at all.
2: <laughs> no, there's a, there's a few honourable mentions. as Blade, um, Naked Gun as well. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: yeah.
2: Austin Powers for the silly ones, but obviously Lord of the Rings by... <laughs> Hands yeah, down, I, no question, yeah. <laughs> no question whatsoever. Um, I know you're playing playing with the rules now because of the uh, the hobby being its own thing and the connecting world and whatever. But as a trilogy of films made together, you can't. You, you I suppose you could if you really wanted to watch just one of them, um, you'd be a bit mad. But mm-hmm. as, to watch them as a whole package, which you have to really do, it's exceptional. You can't really beat it for me. It's just. We're not we're in context before they came out I wasn't a fantasy dragons kind of pers- person whatsoever mm. I paid no attention to any of that nonsense I was always sci-fi and Star Wars and that kind of that way that way inclined um, I never never got into that kind of stuff whatsoever but we I mean um, then we watch that film every every Christmas and then you'd buy the, the the extended DVD at the start of December watch that and then go to the cinema straight after. For three years in a row and it was just it was just incredible And I, I, for the same reason what we talked about earlier about watching films over and over again and keeping them special I haven't watched it for two years because so I, mm. I know them so well and like when we watched Face Off and I remembered every line I don't want that to happen with Lord of the Rings so I'll kind of give myself a break from it mm. uh, intentionally so I'll probably go back to it this year because I, I mean even just thinking about it i I miss it <laughs> 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 Those are sitting over there Um but yeah, Lord of the Rings, hands down, no question whatsoever for me.
0: So, would you take the Lord of the Rings over Episodes Four, Five, and Six?
2: Yeah, yeah, I would. Okay, um, I thought for a long before they came, before Lord of the Rings came out. I'm presuming that that's what your answer is going to be because that's that's the normal answer. But yeah, for me, it's Lord of the Rings over original Star Wars. Yeah.
0: Okay, I, I'm quite surprised. Knowing you, I would have thought you'd have gone for a Star Wars answer there, to be perfectly honest. Mm. Interesting. So, mine, I'm going to give an honourable mention for the third time this week to the Evil Dead trilogy.
1: <laughs> I just love it. <laughs>
0: it, it, it doesn't the get the it yeah, it's It's such a wonderful set of films. That first one is genuinely terrifying in parts. The second one is a good old-fashioned horror film. And the third one where they're throwing the comedic elements. And it's a bit of a romp. I just yeah, it's a really good trilogy. But that's just my honourable mention. Normally I would probably go for the Cornetto trilogy, mm-hmm. as you both know. For me, that is it's two tens and an eight, I think. You know, those films are just fantastic. But the trilogy I'm gonna go for, it's gonna take us full circle. And it's the Dark Knight trilogy.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Batman Begins is... I mean, the the film starts at a 10. Batman Begins is a fantastic movie that I think is often overlooked because of how great The Dark Knight is.
1: Mm.
0: But The Dark Knight's an 11. It's that damn good. And then I think a lot of people do poo-poo the final film. But for me, again, it's such a good film. It's it's actually a film which has got a storyline of a man who has given everything to the city he loves and he's now broken down... But he's got one last job to do. And it it doesn't feel cheesy, which I think a sign-off to a superhero film can do. And for me, it, it never gets quite to that point. The villains in all three films are entirely believable human beings. Yes, brother. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Um, you, you never look at it and think it's... It, it, yes, I know it's based on a comic book character. But at the same time, it's basically a detective who just happens to wear a rubber suit. If he was just in a Dirty Mac and it was Columbo, you wouldn't think twice. It's a very similar sort of feel. that It's its just what he wears that makes him look different to your average um, you know, hero. So for me, it would be the Dark Knight trilogy. Yeah, yeah, pretty
2: much grounded in realism is exactly what the tagline of it should be. Mm. I was going to say that there's been no honourable mention for the Godfather.
1: <laughs> I think it's just based on I, there's there's so many trilogies that yeah that its third instalment absolutely brutalises it and yeah that's where the Godfather is for me unfortunately um, it's the
0: the perfect duology the third film is
1: just um, and and funnily it? the Ma- the Matrix for me is the reason why that didn't make it because I the first the first Matrix film is so up there it was exactly. It's so new metal, which mm-hmm. is the, the time like the music that I grew up with. It's so new metal in, it, it's those big long black trench coats and it's uh, it's just it's just everything that encapsulates what I was growing up. The Matrix loved it, but the third one and it just didn't he did nothing for me. And the Godfather, unfortunately, like you know, excellent. W- one thing I wanted to ask you guys: Are there any quadrilogies? <laughs> are, are, are there any? Um, that actually the fourth film ruins it entirely for you or, or really takes away. So mine, for example, would be, I know films have come out since, but there was a massive time jump, um, Alien, and um, mm. the, the fourth Alien film, um, which re- Resurrection, it was really, really, uh, it was just just awful. Absolutely hated it. Took away, I mean, Alien 3 was a stretch with a dog alien. Um <laughs> <laughs> but it's still, it was added. It was good enough for me. I, I, I like, I liked the idea of it being on like a, a prison colony planet, and and, and all of that came around. But the fourth one, he just ruined it for me. So, is there anything that immediately jumps out to you guys like a film that pushed pushed the franchise too far?
0: Yeah, I mean, the one film that I refuse to accept exists is the Crystal Skull. Like mm. the first three indie films are fucking brilliant, but. The, the fourth one of the franchise is i know we mentioned it uh last time out about the cg of the monkeys and stuff in it <laughs> and it, it's so so subpar for that cast and that director that it's it's an insult to what came before it so if either of you two would have said that your favorite trilogy is the indiana jones trilogy i would have perfectly accepted that because yeah. i just ignore the fourth one it, it doesn't exist it,
1: so many of them are like that. Like, Stu, what, what, obviously you're massively, massively into Die Hard. Where are you with the, the latest Die Hard film in comparison to the originals?
2: The the first two are superb. <laughs> They're just The first two are, are tens. I mean, there's, there's some years when I prefer, prefer Die Harder to the first one, some, sometimes. Um, Vengeance is all right. Vengeance is probably eight-ish. Um, Diad so four point where you jump in of helicopters and it gets a bit nonsense, and then it should have just been that, just leave it there. Um, and so you, you for the fourth one of that is probably a stretch as well, um, to be honest. Mm. Um, when when you bring his son back and all that stuff, and Diod Vendetta game was better than, <laughs> than the last film. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's. It's just a case of more is not best sometimes. Mm. Um, and I know you were going to say Crystal School. That was what I was thinking as well. Um, but there's uh, Superman Four.
0: See, I think Superman Four is better than Superman Three. Neither <laughs> like, is good, to be honest. But no. it just edges it.
2: Superman Four, it was just throw it as much nonsense the screen as you possibly can do and see what sticks because you've run out of money kind of situation. But the, yeah. I mean, that's what it looked like. Um,
0: yeah. It was cheap as shit, wasn't it? There is, the budget was must have just been zero dollars. It was awful. It's a bit like
2: uh, Robocop 3 as well. <laughs> I, know he's I, sort I of never 4. saw it. The, fir- the first one, excellent. The second one, okay. The third one where he gets a jetpack and he can fly and he can take his arm off with a gun. Um, and, and then the fourth one, which is the series, just completely ruins it all. It completely ruins everything. The the prime directives, they're called. Mm. Um, and it, it was like a PG daytime Saturday um, TV set. Yeah, exactly. Good God. With, for Robocop. So he doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't swear. You don't see any violence or anything like that. And it's... The bloke just looks like he's got cancer rather than being a, a, a cyborg. So... It's just not very good at all, and it kind of—I think Gold, is sold me the Prime Directives for about five quid on mm. DVD. There's there's three of them, three films, three ex, three extra films that are just one one whole box of nonsense.
1: So, so Stu, I've got I've got a question um, for you then. Prime Directive, RoboCop, or WCW RoboCop? WCW because Prime Directives is just so bad. <laughs> To be, I'd want a RoboCop that had teamed up with Sting as well. If I was, uh, yeah, <laughs> if I was
0: absolutely. Predicting. You know what? So,
1: um, I'd even take,
2: I'd even take the um, the Joe Kinnaman RoboCop over the Prime Directives. And it's I know that, that film gets a lot of shit because it's it should never just it should have been just been called something else other than RoboCop because it's an all right sci-fi film when its own right. And it's mm. got moments, but it's not RoboCop at all.
0: So. Going on about quadrilogies, where do you stand on the Mad Max foursome? Because obviously I know you've got your first three, which are obviously uh, Mel Gibson. Yeah. And then you've got your fourth one, which is Tom Hardy. I think that that's possibly, that. if that ends now, that has gone out on a high. Those first three are fine. They're, they're not bad films.
1: But the fourth one is like twice as good as the next closest one for me. Fury, Fury Road's excellent, isn't it? He, um it really is special i mean i i think i might have seen one of the original mad max years ago so i can't really compare them to, to fury road but if fury road is a standalone piece is absolutely excellent stew with you have you seen them are you more yeah, of yeah
2: i watched them um in the build up to fury road coming out so i was i was in the same mm-hmm. boat i hadn't seen them for a long i mean i think i I watched them when i was a kid um I remember watching the third one. The third one with Tina Turner in. I remember watching. I remember watching that when my nan was alive, and she died died in '95. So, yeah.
0: um
2: If that even works, or if that's kind of some kind of warp memory, I don't know. But yeah, the
0: few roads absolutely excellent. And mm-hmm. have you seen the black and white version? There? Not yet. It's it's something I want to try and find, but I've just not been able to yet. It's it, it. I'm sure
2: it's on the Blu-ray. It's worth it's worth buying okay. just for that. Um Cause that as a you could you could call it as a noir piece just just doing that to it it just works um, yeah so I'll, I'll probably I'll agree with you on that one that's the, a rare case of the fourth one being better oh the, mm. another one Lethal Weapon Lethal Weapon mm. Four yeah is it's it has no right being decent at all after after such a long time and in, in still not being retired. <laughs> um and being very old this shit with um Jetley the fourth one it's yeah, it's all right it's good fun isn't it yeah and that's that's another one where the series i know a lot of people like that series i, I never watched it, a single bit of it just because I, I couldn't get the image of them the original two out of my head when i was when i'd be watching it mm. right yeah i think that's as, as foursomes forsum's go <laughs>
0: Yeah, there's a lot worse out there. I think what I quite likes the third one's a bit of a letdown, but the scream films I quite mm. enjoyed all four of those. But I mean, the the third one's watchable; it's not great, but the uh, the ones either side, I always I thought they were really good. Wes Craven at his best at points. I felt
1: well, that defined oh. a generation of like slash flick, didn't it? Um, yeah. scream films. Um, I by the time we got to the end of that, I did. I'm concerned, it was a little bit of a parody of itself mm. um, towards the end. But for you know, for what they did culturally and how it defined like the nineties kind of slasher film, you, you you can't you can't say a bad word about it, really.
2: Mm. That that's another one as well. The TV series is very good. I've heard that. Yeah,
0: I saw the first season and I heard the second season went off the rails a bit, but the first one I thought was decent. It ends
2: because. It doesn't really end, and they bring it back for a Halloween special. So you have to kind of watch the special to get the end of the second series.
0: Right? Okay.
2: Which was a weird way of doing things, and I think it was only a bit of two or three week waiting at the end anyway. Um, but it's the fact that it's listed as a special rather than the end last episode of the season, so <laughs> it does wrap it up really well.
0: Mm. Unfair. I, I always intended to go back and watch the second season of it, but then I just read that it went a little bit too crazy, so I never gave it another go. But uh, I'll uh, I'll try and get back to that. Right. Okay. Anything else, gents?
1: Yeah, you know, I think we've uh, we've hammered the trilogies to death. I'm looking forward to catching up on some of these and seeing some things that I've um not seen for quite some time, and having a look to see how they've kind of aged over time.
0: Mm, I've made a few notes tonight, which I don't always do, so uh, I think there's going to be some some watching going on in the next week or so. But we do have some other films to watch before we do. We're getting all lovey-dovey, gents. We're going to be watching Nicolas Cage being the sweetheart that he is in City of Angels and Captain Corelli's Mandolin. I'm going to apologise now for... Uh, <laughs> For at least one of those two films but yet that's what we're going to be discussing on next week's picture pod so it just leaves for me to say thank you for joining us on the latest episode of the question cast we hope we've given you some food for thought i know i've definitely got some and i am very much looking forward to does it fry i've got to be honest <laughs> <laughs> if you've got any questions that you want answering if you've got any answers to the questions that we've been asking tonight Email is cagefightingpod at gmail.com or you can get us on Twitter at cagefightingpod. And while you're at it, please remember to subscribe so that we can appear in your feed every single week. If you could also rate and review, that would really help spread the word of what we're trying to do here. And you know what else spreads the word? Actually spreading the word. Tell your friends about (laughs) us and let's try and grow this and we can have a, a conversation about how much we all love Nick Cage. So for this week... Stu, would you like to say goodbye?
2: Goodbye, listen harder.
0: (laughs) Matt, would you like to say goodbye?
1: Take it easy, guys. Look after yourself.
0: And it's a goodbye from me. And remember, be excellent to each other.